Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome back to the show. I had a lot of fun in hour number one going over the results of our Saints fan survey. The now annual, the traditional. I'm calling it two years makes it a tradition. Saints fan survey here. Thanks to everybody who responded and voted in all the polls that we put up over the last handful of days. Lots of surprising responses and maybe some unsurprising responses also. Anything from roster cutdowns to Drew Brees' expected play this year, expectations for the team, all those results are now up at WWL.com as our featured article. Again, thanks so much. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, when is it not too early to describe a player as a bust? Not just in the NFL. I think this applies to all sports. We're talking about professional athletes here. Is it two years in, three years in, four years, five years in plus? I'm somebody actually who would like to make it up. If I was voting, it'd be five plus years. I'm not going to call anybody a bust until kind of their career is over. And, and this was, yes, maybe in response to growing disconcern among Saints fans about Marcus Davenport and maybe his lack of development. I think that is way premature. Frankly, I think anybody talking about that seems like they have an agenda when he hasn't even stepped on a field for a regular season game in year number two. Just slow down and, and watch what happens here. And if Trey Hendrickson is getting more snaps defensively, maybe at the expense of Marcus Davenport, I don't think you should consider that an indictment of Davenport. I just think that you can should consider that an improvement and development of Trey Hendrickson, who's looked darn good in training camp later this hour we'll go back to back inside nfl training camp and we'll go to new york and to dallas but first let's talk some saints with former saints and nfl linebacker and super bowl champ scott shanley scott how you doing tonight i'm doing good how you doing look i i'm great um i, I want to ask you about you were hanging on the phone line there we were talking about davenport and hendrickson and this is something that every night on my show scott people want to talk about it oh is marcus davenport is he not developing does trey hendrickson is he gonna take his spot on the defense what have you seen there from those players this preseason well, it's it's hard to know without knowing 100. If both players are 100 percent healthy, um, I think it's a little shocking that Hendrickson Hendrickson is playing a little bit more than Davenport because of what they invested in Davenport. Um, maybe he's got something lingering. Maybe they just want to make sure he's 100 percent healthy for the regular season because he had some uh, nicked up issues last year. I don't know, but. Um, like I said, if everything's equal and both players are 100% healthy, I don't think it's a good sign that somebody you invested two first-round picks in um, is not is not playing more than somebody else who at one time was maybe on the bubble of making the team. Um, there's a lot of weight. There's a lot of pressure on Marcus Davenport, um, mainly because you gave up two first-round picks. And at that year, uh, when everybody's expecting the Saints to build for a future franchise quarterback, you give up two first-round picks, you automatically know you're putting yourself in the hole a little bit as far as drafting a quarterback in the first round. So there's a lot of pressure on Marcus. And maybe a lot of pressure, of course, on Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, and company, too. They're the, they're the ones who drafted at Marcus Davenport. You know Sean pretty well, his coaching staff uh, pretty well. 
are they in such a win-now mode, and I, I'm hoping the answer to this is yes, Scott, that they don't care about where a guy was drafted if Trey Hendrickson is the better option on that defensive line, you know, in base packages, they'll play him there? No, no doubt. And I think to to Coach Payton's credit, he's always been like that. Um, I mean, many examples. The, the most famous example is Antonio Pittman getting cut for Pierre Thomas. And, and uh, you know, Coach Payton doesn't care that us talking on the phone, freaking out about Marcus Davenport, maybe not playing over Hendrickson is a big deal. Um, it is a big deal to us because we're talking about it. But to him, if somebody's outperforming somebody, they're going to play. And it doesn't matter what your contract says, where you were drafted. And to Coach Payton's credit, it's rare in the NFL that they do that. Um, because, like you said, when you draft somebody that high, it, it it's a stain on your record a little bit. But, you know, Coach Payton is always in a win-now mode, and whoever can help him win, that's who's going to play. I would assume, Scott, that players really respect that, that when you walk into a training camp locker room and OTAs, that, you know, it doesn't matter what you did before or how many zeros are on your paycheck. You're kind of on level playing field. Without a doubt. And I think – like I said, it's rare. It's you would think it'd be like that all throughout professional sports because it's the business of winning. But, but front office and coaches want to be right. They want to be right about where they're drafting people. And uh, as a player, when you sit in a locker room like that with a coach like that, you know you're not not playing because of politics. You know you're not getting a fair shake because of what your contract is like. So, I think that's what gives the Saints and, and the Patriots and teams like that an edge throughout the NFL is is players know that if they perform, they're going to get a play on Sunday. Well, a guy that they were right on, no doubt about it, was Demario Davis last year, who they got in free agency somehow out of New York. I still have no idea how New York let this guy get away. Over 100 tackles, over five sacks last year. And, Scott, you know this, he looks better this, this preseason, this camp that he did last year. He is a monster, man. He is. And last year, you know, the Saints have been trying to find that middle – uh, that guy to man their defense, to be the quarterback of their defense, whether it's middle linebacker, outside, whatever it may be. And he brought that. I mean, he was one of the best free agent signings they've had. And to DeMario's credit, as a veteran player, played his best football last year. And I think for me, being a former linebacker, I knew a lot about DeMario uh, as a tackling machine. You look at his stats, a lot of tackles, played in a 3-4 defense for the Jets and was kind of a thumper. The one thing I did not expect and where his game has really evolved last year and this year is his ability to play in space, his ability to blitz and to cover running backs and tight ends. You didn't see that from him in New York. And I think it's a credit to Dennis Allen uh, allowing him to use his skill set, maybe maybe like they didn't do in New York. So DeMario, he had a Pro Bowl year last year. Should have went to a Pro Bowl over Anthony Barr, no doubt. Yeah, that was a snub, one of the biggest snubs, I thought. We're talking to Scott Shanley, former Saints linebacker, here on the last lap, at Scott Shanley on Twitter. One of his uh, mates in that linebacker core is Alex Anzalone, now in his third year. What are you seeing from him this preseason? What are you hearing about him? I think Alex is an outstanding, outstanding linebacker. I, I think anytime you play as early as you do as a rookie, uh, his size, his explosiveness. Whenever I see a guy with that build who can stay on the field for all three downs, those are special players. And so the Saints definitely hit when they drafted Alex. The big thing for him was staying healthy. He got hurt his, his rookie year, stayed relatively healthy last year. If Alex can stay healthy and continue to grow and, and take advantage of all those repetitions he's getting, I think he has all pro, pro bowl potential. He has that type of athletic ability. Um, so with him and Demario Davis playing a lot of snaps and nickel, the Saints have two of the better three-down linebackers in the NFL. Is this the best that linebacking core has been since you played for him and won a Super Bowl with him, Scott? Without a doubt. I think when I watch those guys, 
they they made that defense go last year. The defense really played well, especially down late stretch of the season. Um, Demario's veteran leadership, Alex's young explosiveness, playmaking ability, um, just a lot of athleticism, but leadership and guys who do what they're supposed to do. They they play within the framework of the defense and make plays when they're called upon. So I think that linebacker core. Uh, it's been a while. They've been trying to reshape it and trying to find the right mix. I think they definitely found the right mix with this group. They did. The only guy that's not there this year from last year in that group anyways is Manti Teo. And, and look, if you look at the entire defense, Scott, it's incredible. In today's age of the NFL, when about 50, 40, 50 percent of your roster is turning over every year, almost everybody's back defensively. I mean, now that Sheldon Rankins especially is back, you lost Okafor, you lost Manti Teo, everybody else is back. Is that a good thing? I would assume it is, right? It is. It's definitely a good thing. Whenever you can play together, you understand each other, um, what guys' strengths, what their weaknesses are. Coaches understand what packages to put players on the field because they've seen them enough. And it's just trust. As a coach, you want to trust the players you're putting out there. The more you see them, the more you trust them. And playing with guys, you you learn to trust certain guys in certain situations. And to me, uh, listen, the Saints offense always gets a lot of the credit, and they definitely should. I mean, they've been outstanding every year with Drew running and Coach Payton. But I really feel like this defense, what I saw out of them last year, that that when you watch the 2019 Saints, I feel like this can be one of the better defenses in the league and potentially the strength of the team. And we mentioned Sheldon Rankin's coming back. We got that news yesterday. Still probably four or five weeks away from actually playing in a game for the Saints. When you're playing behind a guy like that, that is a force in in pass rush, he's going to have double-digit sacks last year if he didn't get injured. Very good against the run. How does he help everybody else on that defense, Sheldon Rankin's? Well, Sheldon last year, it was unfortunate the way his season ended because he was outstanding. I mean, he he started to play like the first-round pick that everybody thought he he would play like. I mean, it took him a a little while to get going, but he really found himself last year, and it's all about how his rehab went, if he can come back to that strength and that explosiveness. But, again, another guy, young guy who was having a Pro Bowl-type season, and when you play behind defensive linemen like that who can stop the run, as well as rush the passer because they're explosive. They're a rare breed, and I tell people all the time, the biggest difference from college football to the NFL is the big guys. They're, they're insanely explosive and athletic, and the Saints have done a good job of building along that defensive line, giving Cam Jordan help. So hopefully Sheldon comes back full strength. Yeah, you mentioned that Sheldon's very good against the run in the past there. Going back to Marcus Davenport, we see teams, even in this preseason, certainly last year, when he's in there, they are running right at him. Is, is that a big concern of yours that maybe – he hasn't developed that part of his game or needs to here this season? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, you look at Marcus. I mean, he went to a small school. There's going to be a learning curve as far as he didn't face, you know, SEC type or Big Ten type competition week in, week out. So there's a learning curve as far as going against that type of competition. And then it amps up when you go to the NFL. So when you draft a guy that high as a defensive end, first and foremost, you want production out of him, but you want him to get sacks. I mean, you draft him because, Cam Jordan's getting a lot of attention. You want him to get pressure on the quarterback. And he has that ability. He's long. He's explosive. But now he needs to understand the other part of his game that makes him a complete player is being able to anchor down and not just rush the passer every time, but understand when it's a run play, what the down and distance situation is, looking at the tackle. Is he leaning back? Is he heavy on his hand? And those are the things that will help him anticipate whether it's run or pass because he has the ability to be a complete defensive end. But right now I think he's so focused on getting sacked because that's what everyone's going to measure him by, you know, as far as um, bust or not bust. It's still early in his career, but uh, those those defensive ends who can play the run as equally well 
special players. Hey, he's mentioned a lot about you know the, the media and having to talk to them and the expectations that they put on him was a little unexpected. Was that a big challenge for you coming into the league and then being surrounded, especially in training camp, every day, people asking you questions? Well, I think, you know, not so much for me. I came in the league seventh-round pick. Nobody expected anything out of me. I got traded for a seventh-round pick to the Saints. So everything after that, you know, any production I was able to give was was icing on the cake. When you talk about Marcus, you know, earlier in the show I said there, there's a lot of expectations. I mean high expectations. It's not like they just use one of their normal first-round picks. They, tra- they gave up another first-round pick. That's a lot invested into a player especially when you got to find a quarterback someday. So there, there's a lot of pressure on Marcus, and he seems like he has the type of attitude and the mental toughness not to let that weigh him down. And, and you know, I don't think you can really judge anybody if they're a bust until after maybe year three or four because those are when guys start to figure it out. I, I know as a player, it didn't really click for me until really year three, and then year four I was off and running. So he's still got a lot of football to learn. Talking with Scott Shanley, at Scott Shanley on Twitter, former Saints linebacker, former Nebraska Cornhusker Scott, and year two of the Scott Frost era. And look, Huskers are ranked, man, 24th. And I'm looking at their schedule and was looking at it when I knew I was going to have you on. Not a lot of losses, I think, on that schedule, man. Can you give us a little breakdown of what, what do you think about Nebraska this year? Well, Nebraska has, has high hopes because it's year two of, of Coach Frost. I think they got the program turned around from a cultural standpoint, got it back to the old Nebraska, um, tough nose, lifting weights, getting the strength up. But they have a lot of hope outside of Scott Frost because of Adrian Martinez. Uh, he was outstanding as a freshman last year. He's on the Heisman watch list as a sophomore. He can do it all. He, he's really explosive, throws the ball well. So it'll be fun to watch him in that offense. And you're right, I think the biggest reason – there's high expectations around the program this year because their schedule is very favorable. And, and, uh, and, and if they can get through that schedule early on, uh, they really just look at Ohio State and maybe Wisconsin as, as really tough games. But uh, that, that team has a chance to surprise the people this year. That's what I was going to say. They're, they're going to be undefeated going into that late September game against Ohio State, yeah? They should be if they take care of business. I think one of the biggest games, Colorado is not going to – fool anybody for a national champion this year but it was an old rival they go there early in the season if they can make a statement going on the road in boulder playing at altitude i think they'll give themselves a lot of confidence going on throughout the rest of the year he's scott shanley former saints linebacker super bowl champ former nebraska Cornhusker. scott always appreciate having you on the show thanks for joining us tonight no problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, you bet. There he goes. Scott Shanley's on Twitter, at Scott Shanley. Give him a follow. You'll thank me later. We'll be right back. We're going to go double dipping inside NFL training camp. First, Dallas, and then the Giants as we make our voyage to the NFC. Seth Dunlap, Logan's here. It's the last lap on WWL. Oh, we got a pot stirrer on the text line from the 985. The Cowboys are going to embarrassingly beat down the Saints and win the NFC. That, again, a text from the 985. Uh, that seems to be a little optimistic for Sir or Mrs. Cowboys fan who texted that in. Jalen Smith and that defense better be darn good because I don't see the Cowboys being better offensively than they were last year, but I've been surprised before. And kick off football season with us at the Houdat Nation Rally and Music Fest on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. Good food, great music. We've talked about this every show. And just to, this lineup is so good. 
This music lineup is so good. Producers, Cowboy Mouth, Supercharger, The Family Stone, The Top Cats, New Power Generation. It's all going to be at LaSalle Park in Metairie. And then that Friday night, Friday, September 6th, they're going to have a really special tribute to a lot of the music legends we've lost here in New Orleans over the last few years. Uh, Dr. John Art Neville, Alan Toussaint uh, Fats, and and more. Irma Thomas, Deacon John, Renard Poche, and others are going to perform. And you can get your tickets now for the official Houdat Nation Rally and Music Fest presented by Bud Light. On a separate note, if you want to attend one or both of the VIP Saint shows at the Jefferson Performing Arts Center, you can get your tickets now before they're all sold out. That's the guest two on Saturday from 5.30 to 6.45. Blood, sweat, and tears Sunday, September 8th, 4.30 to 5.45 p.m. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster and more info at whodatnationevents.com. That's whodatnationevents.com. It's time to go back-to-back inside NFL training camp, AFC in the books as of last week. And this week we head on over to the NFC. We start in the NFC East. The Giants in a bit, but first we go to Dallas and talk Cowboys with David Hellman, who's a Cowboys reporter for DallasCowboys.com and also on Twitter, at HellmanDC. David, good to have you back on. How you doing? David, are you there? Yeah, y'all got me? I know, got you now. How, how you doing, oh, sorry bud? Sorry about that. No, I'm no worries. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you, you bet. Look, I know you've been asked this probably 10,000 times since breakfast, but what's the latest on Ezekiel Elliott's holdout? Is he going to be back before the season starts? What can you tell us there? The latest is that there's no latest right now. Uh, I've been around the Cowboys for, for six or seven years at this point. This is a team that likes to do business on a deadline. Obviously, the season is is as close as it's ever been, but we're still not quite there yet. So, you know, my my gut tells me that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be back in the fold one way or the other, Um, and it really wouldn't surprise me if they come to a deal sometime in the next, you know, seven or so days. But as of right now, uh, no movement on that front. He is not with the team. And, uh, you know, the waiting game continues, but the stakes are getting a little bit higher every day. Yeah, they're, they're getting really high here. And, of course, two years left on that rookie deal. One year left this year for their quarterback, Dak Prescott. What's Dak thinking when he looks over at Zeke holding out demanding a contract? And, look, Dak's been underpaid vastly more than Ezekiel Elliott during his career. Whatever Dak is thinking, he's way too professional to say it out loud. That would probably be my guess. Um, yeah, I mean – Regardless of how good you think he is, it's basically inarguable that he is the most underpaid athlete in sports. Uh, you know, when you consider starting quarterback at the Dallas Cowboys, two-time Pro Bowler, uh, and he, he's on a $2 million salary this year, which is a bump from his $600,000 salary. So uh, he's due for a payday one day or another. I'm, I'm curious about that because the Cowboys also have Amari Cooper who needs a new deal. Neither one of those guys is under contract next season. Neither one of them has a new deal right now. And obviously, NFL rules stipulate you can only use the franchise tag on one guy every year. So if it comes to that, uh, you'd, you'd like to think that they're going to get one of those done sometime before the season's over. But as of right now, again, just like Zeke, there's there's really nothing going on on that front as of yet. There's always eagle eyes on the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, regardless of who that is, kind of like you know eyes on whoever's the quarterback up there in Green Bay. I've always thought that Prescott has been vastly underappreciated, especially considering how young he is, David. I mean, I thought he had a pretty darn good year last year, 68% completions, almost 4,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Why all the hate for Dak? 
I think Dak is is just getting a taste of. Uh, you said it. He's getting a taste of what life is like as the quarterback of the Cowboys. You know, ironically, he took over for Tony Romo when Romo got hurt, and a lot of people didn't give Romo credit. You know, they said he was a choker. They said he was injury prone. Uh, and now he's been out of the league for a few years, and everybody wants him back and thinks he can do no wrong, and Dak is the problem and all that good type of stuff. Obviously, the truth is somewhere in between. You know, I, I would never try to convince somebody that Dak Prescott is one of the top, you know, four or five quarterbacks in the NFL. I certainly think he's in the upper echelon, and I definitely think he's deserving of a pay raise. Uh, you, you mentioned it, too. He's, he's just turned 26 years old last month. Um, and I've, I've been around him enough to have a good idea of his absolutely incredible work ethic. So I think his arrow is pointing upward. I don't know if he's ever going to be Tom Brady or Drew Brees, uh, but there's every reason to have confidence that, that he can get this team where he wants to go. Yeah, I have a feeling, David, that whoever the next quarterback of the Saints is after Drew Brees calls it quits, the fan base here is going to, I don't know, it's going to be Troy Aikman effect here where it doesn't matter what they do. They're never going to be Drew Brees, and people are never going to give them their due credit. Is this just the Troy Aikman effect there that he you know, he won those Super Bowls and everybody's thinking, well, man, unless you actually win titles for us, you're not Troy, so you're no good. I mean, the, the two most successful quarterbacks in franchise history, you've got Troy Aikman, who won three Super Bowls and went to the Hall of Fame. You've got Roger Staubach, who is one of the original greats of the NFL, and you know it's not an understatement to say he's an icon. So that's what you're living up to when you play this position for this team. And honestly, whether it's Dak, whether it's Tony Romo, whatever, you know, whoever's next, you're not going to have the full support of the Cowboys fan base until you win a championship. That's just the bottom line. Uh, fortunately for Dak, I think he's smart enough to understand that, so I don't think he takes it too personally. We're inside Cowboys training camp with David Hellman on the last lap. He's a Cowboys reporter for DallasCowboys.com. Talked a lot of offense so far. Let's go over to the opposite side of the football. And Jerry Jones, he gave Jalen Smith a brand-new six-year, nearly $70 million contract. Uh, he is a young star in this league. That defense was so good last year, kind of propelling them into the second round of the playoffs. Are they going to have to carry this team again, David? And can they? Well, I think. I mean, this is the first time in my career covering the Cowboys where I think you can look at this defense as a strength. Uh, you know, during Romo's tenure, it was really it was a weakness. It was something that you kind of had to paper over. And even in the first few years of Dak's career, it was kind of middling. Uh, they have the pieces to be elite. Uh, you've got Jalen Smith next to Leighton Vander Esch. They signed Demarcus Lawrence, who's one of the most underrated pass rushers in the league to a big contract. Uh, and then there's all this young other talent rising around them. You know, the rest of the guys in that secondary have enjoyed a really fantastic training camp. They added a guy like Robert Quinn, who he's probably not as dominant as he used to be, but he's still an upgrade over what they had. Um, and this looks like a group that should be top five in the NFL. So I don't think they can do it all on their own. You know, this, this Cowboys offense was pretty mediocre for most of last year. They're going to have to be better than that. But this should be a defense where, you know, if you can give them, you know, 21, 24 points a game, you're going to win most of the games you play because these guys look like they should be scary good. Yeah, but they were scary good last year, especially in that playoff game against Seattle. Is You said the most underrated defensive lineman might be uh, Demarcus Lawrence in the NFL. Is Rod Marinelli the most underrated assistant coach in the NFL? That's a, it's an interesting question because, you know, Rod, at this point in his career, he's not really a household name. He obviously he had a really 
bad tenure with the Detroit Lions as their head coach going 0-16. But you talk to people in NFL circles, NFL players, uh, people who cover the league and are around the league, uh, I think everybody knows every, all about what he's about in terms of coaching defensive linemen, how to get to the quarterback. He obviously uh, he was one of the big figures in that Tampa Bay defense that was so amazing for so many years. Uh, and, and I think Demarcus Lawrence would give him tons of credit for turning him into a two-time All-Pro. Um, so, yeah, he, he's probably not you know a household name along the lines of like Sean McVay and those young offensive guys that are stealing all the headlines, but you are talking about a very, very well-respected coach and a guy with a hell of a resume. And no doubt their defensive coordinator there, Rod Marinelli, their head coach, Jason Garrett, did not get a contract extension, so he is the – a prototypical lame duck coach here is—is is this uh, you got to make an NFC Championship game or you're done kind of year for Garrett? I, it's, it's such a hard question to answer because obviously, okay, they don't renew his contract after making it to the second round of the playoffs. That seems to send a pretty clear message that you got to do better than that. NFC Championship game, Super Bowl seems like the standard. Everybody around the organization uses the phrase "taking the next step." At the same time, this is not the first time that it seemed like Jason Garrett was had his back to the wall, and he's found his way out of that situation every other time. You know, 2014, he didn't have a contract, uh, and he got within a controversial Des Bryant catch of the NFC title game. Uh, 2015, there were great expectations, and he lost Tony Romo to an injury in Week Two, and the season kind of went down the drain. So. I'll, I'll be curious to see because Jason Garrett has been the head coach of this team for so many years. It's, it's kind of hard to imagine them without him at this point, but it does seem like there's very clear expectations that he take this team to a level that it hasn't been at since the nineties. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Dallas will be one of those intriguing stories either way. No matter what happens, forget it. David, you know this, no matter what happens in Dallas, it's always an intriguing story. It seems like uh, we are always in the news over here, no matter what happens, whether it's good, (laughs) bad, or crazy, they are definitely going to be in the headlines. Don't worry about that. Yeah, no doubt about it. David Hellman at Hellman DC on Twitter, Cowboys reporter for the Dallas Cowboys, dallascowboys.com. And that is inside Cowboys training camp. David, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. You bet. We'll have you on again. There he goes. we got to take a quick break. It's back-to-back inside camps. We'll go up to New York. We'll talk Giants camp with Jerry Foley of GiantsInsider.com. Saints final preseason game on Thursday. We will have fans first take for you. Brought to you by Acadian Windows. Beginning at 3 o'clock, myself and Steve Court. And I was told I was allowed to promote this, so I will. My buddy Steve Court is going to be honored as the Saints legend during the game on Thursday. And I will be calling that game in the Superdome. I'll be one of the PA voices, so it's going to be pretty special. I'm going to try to give my best Steve Court introduction when he's introduced as a Saints legend out there. I checked with the people at the Saints. I said I could promote that. It's pretty darn cool. Uh, that's on Thursday. And again, right here, Acadian Windows fans first stake starts at 3 o'clock. Countdown to kickoff at 5. And then uh, right after that, about 7 o'clock, it is Saints game day. Yes, the fourth preseason game. Yes, the one that matters the least. But if you like football, if you like sports, watch this one through the lens of guys that are trying to save or start their professional football careers. A lot of emotion for the guys who are going to be out there playing on both sides uh, of the that matchup, both 
for the Dolphins and, of course, for the New Orleans Saints. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. When is it not too early to describe a player as a bust? A year, two, three, four, five years or more. And uh, I would say, I I told you earlier, I'm somebody that likes as many years as possible evaluating players. I would vote five on that. But it looks like I'm the only one who voted five on that as there's like less than 1%. 42% say two years, 37% say three, 13% a year. Uh, Two years to me is still still too early. I mean, a lot of people probably would have thought Cam Jordan – Year two, we have about eight sacks year two, only one year one. Probably thinking, oh, boy, you have a first-round pick for him. Look what he has turned into. 504-260-1870. If you want to hop on in, our text line is 870-870. There's a text from the 504. I was saying Chicago in the NFC may be a challenger. I heard about that on Twitter over the weekend. This texter says, Chicago is fraudulent. I think attrition is your only competition to the Saints, that is. We can blast any team in the conference. That from John on the West Bank. Maybe when things are rolling, but Saints haven't been blown out in a while. I'll say that. They've not been blown out in a while, not at least in the last couple of years. We've got one more hour of the show to come. Up first after news, Lou Valden joins the show. Coach at Shaw, part of the Prep Football Roundup. We'll talk prep football within its Jamboree week, new play clock. And then bottom of the hour, Christian and Bobby talk to Uh, Josh Booty, we'll play that interview for you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.